Welcome back to HodgePodge. I'm your host, Allison Klakowitz. Today's guest is the author of Parent Power, Navigate School and Beyond. The author is Poonam Saxena. She is a parent impact coach, speaker, podcast host of EDU Me, and now a published author. Her work focuses on bridging the gap to fostering a stronger relationship between parents and schools by empowering parents to become partners in their child's education. She is a natural-born writer, storyteller, empath, counselor, and parent coach. Her wisdom and humility shine through each page of her esteemed book, set to release tomorrow, May 4th, 2021. Stay tuned for my conversation with Poonam. You will be blessed and empowered through her words. Welcome to HodgePodge, Poonam. Hi. Thanks, Allison. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I am thrilled to speak with you today about your brand new book, Parent Power, Navigate School and Beyond. Um, I've had the pleasure of reading the book and I cannot wait to, to discuss it. So congratulations. Thank you. It has been um, a labor of love and stress, as you, as you know. (laughs) Yes, yes. Publishing books, but particularly a book like this, I'm, I'm a little enamored um, because it would take quite a bit of organization to be able to put something like this together. Um, Can you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are, um, obviously what inspired you to write this informative, poignant, and relatable book? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Poonam Saxena, and I have four children that are four and a half years apart. Um, And for all of you math wizards out there, um, there are a set of twins in there. So that's how you get to four and four and a half years so quickly. Um, And my last two were twins. And before I had children, I was a teacher. And they didn't really understand why I was a teacher other than my mom did it. And I enjoyed having her home during the summers. So I thought, well, you know, that's probably something I should do. And then I had four children and you just don't go back to work. Or I couldn't go back to work and manage the house. So I stayed home with them, but I really was never at home. I actually became that volunteer in the schools that teachers would call, administrators would get my input and feedback on different pieces of the education pie because I had the education background. And what I really wanted to do, and when I didn't realize at the time, was I was building a partnership with my children's schools. And when I did that, there were so many opportunities that I had to be a part of the conversation, of the larger conversation of how do you impact all children? And did my children benefit? Well, yes, they did. But what I'm most proud of is that all of our students benefited And especially when we got into middle and high school, where you see 
parents kind of drop off the volunteer circuit. Everyone seems to be very excited in the elementary school level, but then they don't really follow through in that middle and high school level. And that's where I feel we really need to be engaged because they're, mm-hmm. they're exposed to so much that, you know, you and I were never exposed to. We didn't have social media or iPhones or, you know, Fortnite or any of these games no. that our children <laughs> have now. And so we really need to be uh, respectfully involved. Right. I just love um, the focus of the book where, you know, where obviously you pulled from this major love and years of, of hard work being a mom, right? And of what sounds to me uh, as a full-time <laughs> volunteer and, and keeping your, your children's education, you know, uh, just staying involved. So, but what I love about the book is your focus of empowering parents, not only to focus focus on, you know, their children's education, but also to focus on their own personal self-care as well as their self-awareness. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? So, yes. And the book is really a a journey of how I parented, good, bad, Mm -hmm. or ugly. And hopefully, Allison, you've got that feeling of, you know, there were some, there were some dark moments. Right. And, and that's how we all are in our parenting journey. And one of the biggest pieces that we don't do for ourselves is take care of ourselves. And because we see that this needs to get done or the kids need this or, oh, I forgot to take care of that. Those are all things that occur all the time for us. And yet when we're running ragged, that's the person who is the least productive is us. So when we do step back and we take care of ourselves, even if it's for five minutes and do some deep breathing, get outside and get some fresh air, walk down the hall to look at our plants and whatever we're going to do just to take that mental break and then refocus on what our tasks are, we are able to be more productive in a much healthier space in our lives. And disclaimer here, Allison, I did not do that. I, right. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I'm very forthright in the book when I didn't do something. Mm-hmm. because I didn't feel it was important. And I can tell you now that it was important. So it's kind of do as I say, not as I did not do <laughs> in the book. Right. But because of that wisdom you've gained over the years now in hindsight, you know, you're able to tell parents, Hey, you know, step back and, and take care of yourself because I really needed to hear that. <laughs> Especially right now, you know, I'm, I'm mid forties and, but my son is nine. He's like right at the height of his, his elementary um, year, you know, like, and then with COVID, you know, it, it just, 
we had worked for years to establish a good routine and to, to even help him enjoy school. And when that was taken (laughs) from us, I just, it, it was very difficult. So there were a lot of messages in the book that I personally related to and needed to hear and to help re-educate me and how to go back to school because we have recently, you know, gone back to in-person and, um, and it's almost like we, we lost this whole year of our life, yes. <laughs> you know, and trying to remember what, how, how do we do this? So, um, I, I, I love that. Um, the book also, let me step back. The book takes parents of school-aged children on a journey, not just all the way from elementary school through high school and even beyond into helping them into college years or whatever trade or, or, or beyond, you know, whatever they're going to do. And it really is a, a helpful guide to use throughout their education. I love that focus. Why was that important for you? When I was teaching, granted, I had a, I was in special education classroom and mm-hmm. parent involvement was zero. Parents kind mm. of just dropped their kids off and was like, okay, I have eight. They were, they said to themselves, I have eight hours to myself mm-hmm. until I have to pick them up and then deal with them again. So it was more right. of a chore to have the children. Mm-hmm. And you know, if had we been able to partner together, I think we could have made both of our lives a little easier because I would have had some perspective as a teacher as to what the child is coming to school with that day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I could have helped the parent with strategies to help them mitigate behaviors that could have helped them at home and make them more productive in their academics. Right. Advocacy from, from a parent and that communication is so important. I, I am a personally am a communicator and if I'm not (laughs) speaking my truth or, you know, telling, you know, what I'm thinking or what we're going through, I, you know, I've learned that no one understands that. So it, I, it is so important to, to communicate that. I appreciate that. And Allison, one of the things that I think when we talk about parent advocacy and volunteering is we think of that mother who is always in the school and is always, you know, dressed in a brand new outfit and is perfect and is, you know, Mm -hmm doing all of these activities, it doesn't have to be that involved to be an advocate. It can be as simple as sending a note or sending an email to your child's teacher and going, I just want to know how Johnny's doing. And is there anything I can do to support you? That's Mm -hmm. it. Right. And that's good to know, you know, that I think the image that you created is something, and personally speaking, I'm, my son is part of a very small, well, not small, but it's, it's part of a, a, a low income 
um, dominant school district. And so there are a lot of um, socioeconomic things going on. Um, a lot of parents who are working all kinds of hours and have all kinds of different things going on. And I feel like sometimes, you know, they they just don't feel that they have the energy or the time that is expected of them to, to put in for like PTA or for just volunteer efforts. And I remember a mom saying, look, I'm not that bake all the cookies kind of mom. I'm, I'm a nurse. I'm working shifts and blah, 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 you know, I'll do what I can. And I think that's so important for people to know just doing what you can is important just opening that line of communication. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and we have to look at it as a, a, an investment in our children, because if we can invest the time early and we can put them on a path to success, whatever success looks like for you, everyone's success vision is different then, you know, you're, you're giving your child that confidence to go ahead and do it themselves. And one of the biggest things that I will tell you, um, my, when my children were in high school, when, you know, and they start so early in high school, which is a really big issue for me, but that's a whole different soapbox. Mm-hmm. But when my kids had only had two or three hours of sleep and they're going to school and they're grouchy, I just texted my children's first period teacher and said, listen, I'm sending you Oscar the Grouch today. Good luck. <laughs> you know, yes. But I built that relationship by just sending them emails or just talking to them, communicating with them. And so I had the, the permission to send them a text like that. And mm-hmm. I would invariably get a text back after first period and go, don't worry, they were great. They pull themselves out of that funk. They're going to have a great day. That's really comforting as a parent to know that. Yes. And I, you know, that is something that I have really learned, you know, throughout. And that, you know, with my son's current teacher, I mean, virtually too, we had no choice. So if you wanted to get to know the teacher, you had to message them, you had to, you know, make an effort. And, um, and now with the transition back to in school, my son is not, he's not thrilled with that either. (laughs) Right. So right now we're trying to relearn how to enjoy being in school um and but so i am every day communicating <laughs> well not every day but you know frequently communicating with the teacher to say hey this is what's going on just as you said you know and and it really does help the teacher understand you better and then you're better able to support them Absolutely. i love well, that you also mitigate challenges that your child may be facing because if you're you have that relationship with your teachers and administrators when there is an issue they're going to call you and it's going to be more of a a solution oriented conversation versus a a hostile potential hostile conversation 
Yes. And I have learned, you know, you, you, humility and being humble <laughs> are so important. And I love that too. I want to kind of jump into a different angle, but that you bring that up um, in the book in talking about the difference. You are um, an <clears throat> Indian American or Asian American mm-hmm. um, person for, who grew up in the American South, yes, <laughs> um, out of the Georgia area, your your parents were um, immigrants from mm-hmm. India, and you talk about the differences between the American school system and mentality, the whole philosophy behind you know America's public school system, and as opposed to in India. And I thought it was really, really interesting. The, the differences, not only between testing, but also the differences between how parents um, view and communicate with administrators and, and teachers, basically that the teachers were, are seen as these, you know, all knowing, I believe you use the word guru. And um, I just thought that was interesting. It's, it's a very different system. And if you think about Asian societies, it's a very hierarchical system. You know, the, the older generation has the wisdom and mm-hmm. the knowledge and they impart it on the next generation who imparts it on the next generation. And there's not you don't question the older generation, you just kind of do. And of course Mm -hmm, it's changing mm -hmm. now as you're getting, uh, you know, to a dual income household. So it's changing a little bit, but there's still a lot of respect, inherent respect that you have for the older generation and they become your teachers. And so the teachers in our schools are viewed the very same. They're viewed at a very mm-hmm. high level and you really don't question them. If they say something, you just mm-hmm. do it. And that's the society that my parents came from. It's what they, where they grew up. And the mm-hmm. one thing that we falter on in this country is we really don't uh, educate our immigrant parents on that. And even our, our lower socioeconomic parents, our, m- many of our parents don't know that they have parent rights and that they can ask questions. I always say ask it respectfully because you're going to get further. But, you know, my parents didn't know that. And so when we when it comes to testing, you know, that was a really big issue in my childhood. We they didn't know how to navigate it, nor did they know how to help me. And it's not because they didn't want to, they just were not made aware and there was no one at the school to share that with them. Right. And that brings in the conversation and the, the part of the book that you, you try to educate parents on discrimination and diversity. And if there is ever 
a time in life <laughs> that we need to have a very open discussion about this, right? It's now. And so I think you do an excellent job of sharing the perspective fr from an Im immigrant perspective. Um, you gave a particular scenario uh, based on a family um, close to yours and their experience in particular with the testing um, issues and how the long-term effects that that had on their child's um, uh, primary education, right? So, um, but even more just that open conversation about what is discrimination and what is diversity? And you you discuss the difference between that. Um, so, <laughs> do you want to to speak sure. on this? Um, <laughs> sure, go ahead. So, <laughs> I'm so all ears. I will share with you that um, diversity and discrimination are my two least favorite D words, and they happen to be in the book mm -hmm. many times in that section. And it is because inherently we label people. And even in education, even if you're not a person of color, we're still labeling people by the way they're dressed or the way they're, you know, they are um, brushing their hair or, you know, some very arbitrary, absurd characteristic. And, and mm -hmm. that's where I, I really struggle with the fact that we have forgotten that we are talking about people who have feelings, who have aspirations, who have dreams, and who can become anything they want. They just, they just need yes. the confidence and they need people to believe in them. And when we talk about immigrants, we absolutely forget that we as Americans have a leg up. I can say that now because I was born and raised here. I have a leg up on my, my cousins and my nieces and nephews who are immigrating here now so I can help them. But why aren't we helping them? Across right. the board. And you bring, exactly. And you remind the reader that there is not one American who is not the ch child or relative of an immigrant. We are all mm -hmm. immigrants here. We, you know, there are many people like me whose family's roots go back, I mean, generations and to the beginning, really, of recorded, written. <laughs> colonist society right. right the the invasion of the colonists <laughs> but but we're still immigrants this is not my natural home this is not where you know we were deposited here and and have been very fortunate i'm very privileged and and to be a, an american and to be a, a white american you know that has has you know had so many um uh <laughs> what's the what's the so word here I'm looking for exactly and you know so for me to ignore that is is terrible but and and I just you know I just loved you bringing light to this 
that we all need to be conscious of, of that fact. And it is so important right now. Um, you also write about the LGBTQ community and the need for inclusion and understanding of these mm-hmm. individuals. Can, can you shed some light on how, you know, we can do better and, and have a better understanding of how to support these persons? Allison, this is a really personal um, section of the book for me because my son came out as gay in October of 2019. And it was very, very important Mm -hmm. for me to have some section of the book that um, talked about this because I'm, I'm still learning and Mm -hmm. it's, and, and he's still learning. So it's, it's this um, new, avenue of life that we are we are walking down the the one thing that I will share is that he is still the same person that he was before he told me mm-hmm. he's still the the kindest gentlest um, honest person I've ever met so when we talk about the LGBTQI plus community we have to remember that they're someone's child and that they were born into this world with this path and we can, we don't have to, um, how can I say this politically correct? Um, We don't have to, we do have to remember that they are living their truth. And it is much harder to live your truth in this world right now than at any other time in our history. Mm. Yes. And, and, you know, children are, you know, when you and I were growing up and any child of the seventies or, you know, early eighties, um, you, you it was taboo you didn't really talk about the the um Mm -hmm. the gay community and there wasn't a good understanding and it was just something that you know was joked about you know people were just you know um (laughs) there was no tolerance really and now you know we are becoming inclusive we are learning we are growing and in speaking with children about this community do you have any words of advice to parents about how to maybe um, start that conversation I think it comes from a conversation of being okay with talking about it until Mm -hmm. you're comfortable you can't make anyone else comfortable And our children always knew that we were open and inclusive of everyone. And even Mm -hmm. then, my son knew in middle school and did not tell us until he was 19. Right. Right. Because he, you know, I just, um, I personally, you know, I have family members who have come out in recent years and it's really helped to shine a light 
on that just what you said this is a is a human being this is a a person that you love and that you respect and their their status uh, or not status um their um identifying with Mm -hmm. this community is that you know that's just who they are and you you have to accept that and there is nothing wrong with that that you know you need to grow your awareness and and um so I just I love that open conversation uh you know of bringing that into the book because this is part of the conversation of discrimination and diversity I don't know if I'm articulating (laughs) well I think you know I think it is we are at the stage where we are all learning how to articulate it we're learning Mm -hmm. the correct Mm -hmm. vocabulary and the vernacular that we need to use to be inclusive and yes and that this is a good thing us struggling mm-hmm. for the right word yes. is really a good thing because that means we're learning and we want to be inclusive and be understanding and embrace people. We yes, that's what we have to yes. focus on, especially right now where conversations are not necessarily productive. We all need to kind of step mm. back into our corners and reevaluate before we come back out. That's my advice to the entire world right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. No, that's very, very good. Very good advice. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what is the most important message you want parents to take from the book? The most important message that I have is that you are nurturing a, a human being to be what you would like them to be or what they want to be. And they need to have the confidence, the self-esteem, the support of their family, regardless of what it looks like. So my message is for parents, just remember that you're raising people and for them to be productive human beings in society, we need to not only emulate that, we need to empower our children with those skills. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) It's a daily Girl, I know it. Um, You're speaking to the choir. (laughs) from personal experience um it's scary I've never been so scared in my life every day (laughs) but you know it's there is so much joy in being a parent but it is also frightening (laughs) and and um you know every day is a learning um tool you know and we just (laughs) pray over, you know, that we are providing our son with love, but enough structure and, you know, enough um, um, involvement that, that we can help him to grow, to be uh, a a good and kind and 
open-hearted and minded human and um you know (laughs) if he's successful in his career that is wonderful too but (laughs) at this point I just want to have a good kind human that's what we should all be (laughs) working for that should be our goal every single day and the way you do that is you model it you know you can't you can't go out there and be a bully and then tell your child not to be a bully I mean how does that work and so it doesn't children are watching you for for how they can respond to things and we have to be very mindful of that right and one of the things that my husband and I tried very very hard when our children were young uh, didn't work all the time but we tried not to have disagreements about uh, raising them in front of them you know, mm, that was right. a closed door conversation. Right. It didn't always work, but our our, our mindset was mm-hmm. always <laughs> we we have a united front in front of them. Right, right, and that's, that is hard. that can be hard. <laughs> um, it's, it's not hard. Some days it's just plain impossible. Exactly, but but it's a, a good reminder that you you do need to have that private conversation and communication with your spouse um, or your partner, yes. whomever you're raising or your child with. If, you, um, if you're a single parent, just someone that, you know, you can bounce yes. an idea off of and let them come back with you, to you with the, their opinion. So par- parenting is hard. It is, it is not easy. Yes. It's days <laughs> of complete unknown and crossing your fingers at night, hoping that you didn't, you know, just mess them up for life. Right? Yes. But, right. No, yeah. Absolutely. Every day. And, it, and it can change, <laughs> you know, on a dime. But I'm here to tell you that my children are now in their 20s. They are all happy. They are all um mindful of what is happening in our society and how to stand up for those who can't. And also they are compassionate people. Everything else is a bonus in my book. Yeah. So you are going to make it, I promise you. (laughs) Really, I hope so. We 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 certainly hope so. Um, but being able to have um, books like yours um, to guide us along, to read about someone else's perspective and experience, um, the wisdom that they've gained <laughs> after raising four humans, um, you know, is <laughs> is very helpful and. <laughs> I love I love to read and and in particular anything that can help me be a better person and a better <laughs> parent. So I thank you for taking the time to to put this together. I cannot imagine the undertaking that it that it is. And what I love because it spans their their whole education, you know, their whole school life. Um, their whole young life that it's something that you can go back to and refer to over the years. Um, and so it'll, 
you know, it, it will remain a constant because you absolutely, can always learn absolutely. from that. And, um, and that's the only time you have you, to influence them because once they get out into the world, you mm-hmm. know, they are already who they're going to be. <laughs> so this is your chance, Allison. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so much pressure. No. <laughs> But no, I love it. Um, what what new projects do you have? Any? I know yes. your the book is just coming out. Um, you're you're busy with your podcast, Edu Me, which is amazing too. I've enjoyed listening to um, some of that. You interview um, different folks. Can you can you give us a little yeah, bit so about Edu Me? Really uh, spawned off of the fact that I wanted to write a book first and my girlfriend said you know I have two young children I can listen to a podcast but a book is you know kind of difficult for me right now so that's how this whole podcast thing started I've been podcasting for about a year and a half and it really focuses on bridging the gap between parents and schools and empowering parents to realize that they're okay here are some things that you can do to be involved in schools. Here are some things that you can do to help your children. And at the end of the day, we're all on the same team. So, right. That's, and that right there, that's really important. It, it is. And it's <laughs> to, hard remember. to remember that you have a team because you, we often, as parents, mm-hmm. feel like we're in a silo, but we're not. Yes. And you can pull also from, like you said, your background in special education, obviously your, your own children's experience, but there was one guest that I enjoyed um, listening to. I cannot recall her name and I feel bad. She's a podcast host too, I believe, but she focuses on special education and you talked about um, children with special needs and how to you know, just as the parent and, and raising a child, a special needs child, it was a really great episode. So it has all types of different perspectives, um, to, to help parents in every situation. Parenting is not a linear job anymore, especially with access to Mm -mm. social media and, all of the things that are happening in our world, the 24-hour news cycle alone, right? And so there are so many mm-hmm. aspects that we need to learn about and relearn, quite honestly, because when we were going through it, we didn't learn it. We just did it. Our parents were learning. So now we have to learn. Right. So there are different aspects of education, that, of parenting, that we have to to. Um, understand so I, I try to bring in guests that have different perspectives that are that are relevant that are really focused on chi- the child and the schools because that's that's the piece mm-hmm. those are the pieces that make up our child's life for the most part is the school and themselves and we've got to be a part of that if we want them to be productive and to feel whole. Otherwise, it's a very segmented life. Yeah. Right. Yes. No, it's, I agree. And I'm learning. 
every day is, you know, if I can say it, it's a crapshoot. You just don't know what you're getting. But it's okay. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's okay. You don't. And we've definitely learned that. Absolutely. Over the past year, and so. if this past year has taught us nothing, it has taught us to be flexible, to be patient, to be reflective, and to focus on what's important. I mean, those are the lessons that I'm pulling out of my own life in this pandemic. Yes. And Yes. And you, and you were able in the book to, you know, to be able to make it timely and relatable and, you know, right here in the middle of all of this going on. And so <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm thrilled to, to have something to be able to, <laughs> to read and be like, yes, yes, Putnam, well, yes. I, you know, first of all, that, that makes me so happy because I want it, I want the book to be relevant. I want it to be mm-hmm. in some ways a cathartic experience to go, yes, I, I have lived through something like this and okay, Poonam is, Poonam's able to, at the end of this, still put sentences together. I, I can I can do this. <laughs> I don't know about that. You can totally you can totally question me. That's totally fine. But you know, there is something to be said about those days that we are just in the trenches and we just have no we don't feel like we're ever gonna get out of it. And this year has definitely been mm-hmm. a a slog fest. Right, right. But the book really gives you hope and it gives appearance uh, a little, it is, and it gives you, it helps you and your mindset and your mindfulness to create, you know, some, some structure, but also to have a little self-forgiveness in there. And, um, and I really enjoyed it. So you've um, made my day. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, how if for our listeners out there um for anyone that is interested in contacting you you're also a parent coach and provide i i'm assuming one-on-one yes. parent coaching yes. um services and um also to contact you um yes. just maybe regarding speaking engagements or where where they can purchase a copy of the book uh, give us all of your all right. um, so information all of my information is at www.edu-me.net you can contact me um through the website and i'm happy to provide coaching sessions and also um, I am available to speak to parent groups if you are looking for for someone who has been through the journey like I have I am happy to come in and share my experience and give some strategies to other parent groups and uh what was the last question I forgot ah yes (laughs) They, they can purchase a copy of the book on the website and, and on Amazon, is that correct? Nationwide. <laughs> Woohoo! It is. That's exciting. I went on Barnes and it's so exciting. I, I just, you know, started, I'm like, <laughs> I did. I'm like, oh my gosh, Gosh. <laughs> you know, 
It is. It it's is so and official. This has been, this yeah. Been something I've wanted to do for for about ten years. So I'm happy that I'm not happy for the pandemic because it's been a, a such a tumultuous time and an emotional um, time with all of all that we've had to deal with, especially with trying to keep people safe. But the one thing for me that has been positive is I've had time to write this. And I'm glad that people like you, Allison, are interested in reading it. Yes, definitely are. And I foresee, I'm hoping that this is just the beginning of your publishing career and that maybe you'll have some more books or at least maybe some type of instructional type <laughs> materials sometimes I, I see <laughs> lessons I see some teaching <laughs> opportunities here um, to help us all grow so I appreciate you Punam and um, I can't wait to see what you have thank you coming so much up next in it's the future a pleasure to chat with you today uh, you as well. So um, again, if you are interested in contacting Poonam or uh, purchasing a copy of her book or listening to her podcast, I will have all of her social media links, websites, every way to, to be able to contact her in the accompanying blog post for today's show. And I want to thank all of our listeners out there for tuning in. And I'll speak with you next time.